It's a good show. You know what time it is, don't you? That's right. It's Drinky Fun Time, where we drink booze with some of the most interesting people at the coolest places around. So grab a drink, chill out, and enjoy the show. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. That's right. I'm excited. Matthew McConaughey is excited. Emma Patterson, are you excited? I'm so excited. So excited. Is he going to arrive in a second? Yeah, he might be. All right, all right, all right. Uh, We are coming to you from one of the biggest cocktail festivals in the world. It's called Tales of the Cocktails. In New Orleans, Louisiana, we are smack dab sat in the middle of Bourbon Street right now at the Redfish Grill. Cool old place, isn't it? It is. It's yeah. huge. It's huge. Like five minutes ago, that huge room next door was empty, and now it's packed. Packed. But things get crowded down here in New Orleans, especially this time of year for this festival. It's kind of like spring break meets the Oscars. Everybody comes. All the big people are here. And uh, speaking of big people, they don't get any bigger in in this industry than our guest who's going to be joining us in just a few minutes he uh eddie russell who's a legend a legend in the business he's the master distiller at wild turkey and we had his son bruce on the show one of our very earliest episodes he was great actually i think it was probably our second episode and uh i'm excited to meet eddie because of course he is a legend uh, and we spoke so much about Eddie and obviously his dad, Jimmy. Jimmy, yeah, yeah. I mean, these guys are, this is the real deal. It doesn't get any more real in the bourbon world than this. And we're going to be drinking some wild turkey. We're going to be drinking, uh, we're going to be drinking some uh, Russell's Reserve, uh, rye and bourbon. And we're going to be talking about one of Eddie's favorite drinks, the Boulevardier, which we have in front of us right now. And uh, Emma, so far, so last night we got here, we got to New Orleans. We went out. We did some dancing. We did a lot of dancing. Didn't Frenchman's we? up on Frenchman Street. Yeah, it's such a great town. You just walk around, and every place you go in, there's like a an amazing jazz band. And then you go, you leave that one. And remember the band. This is how great it is the band takes a break, and and with some friends, and they said, you know, let's run across the street to the other band. So we ran over there. We did. Listen to that. They took a break. Go back to the other place, uh, drinking all the while, and I feel good because you gave me. One of the few hangover cures that I think is ever, what's it called? Do you remember it's what it's called? It's called Thrive. And Thrive. it has a plus sign at the end of it. And yeah. um, it's, a, it's a herbal blend that you take three uh, tablets before you go to sleep. And you feel, well, how do you feel? I, well, that's the best thing is I don't normally believe in these things. But Emma says, you've got to try it. It's, so I said, okay. So I took it last night and I feel great. You, on the other hand, forgot to take it. And feel rotten. And you feel rotten. Yeah, and I sound great, too. Can't you just tell how nasally I am? <laughs> See, here's the wonderful thing about New Orleans, that I'm just, I, I like to be warm. I do. And I have naturally dry skin and hair, so it's, I'm actually enjoying this humidity a little bit. However, the AC in the hotel has just dried my sinuses out. My face is a mess. It's I'm all cold. puffy. <laughs> it's a good job we're not on TV. Oh, wait, producer Bo's filming us. We are Isn't being it filmed wonderful? right now. We Isn't are it being great? filmed. Yeah, I, I felt great. I got up. I took a dip in the pool. Did I, you? you know, yeah, I was reading some news. I've been feeling good. Well, uh, speaking of news, what is new uh, with Russell's Reserve? You know what? Why don't we? You want to bring, bring on bring the man on? himself? Yeah. All right, well, I see. No, With no further ado, he is the master distiller 
a wild turkey bourbon. He's been, I think, 37 years in the business. Uh, and he comes from his dad, Jimmy, also a legend. Both Hall of Famers. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm, drinky, fun time welcome to Eddie Russell. Hello, Eddie. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Hi, everybody. How are you, man? Good, good. Thanks for joining us. No problem. I, taking time out of your busy day, you are, you've got to be uh, in demand down here at Tales of the Cocktail, right? Or, uh, every day, all year. All it's, year. It's constant anymore. Overseas, yeah. America, just everything. How much of your job is doing this sort of stuff, brand ambassadorship, versus actually being in the distillery making whiskey? It's probably getting close to 50% anymore. Yeah. Uh, doing a lot of overseas travel. The export market's just gone crazy. Uh, around the states, I do a single barrel program where I actually take samples to different states and let people try them and pick private barrels. So it's, it's a lot. And kicking off the Long Branch this year, it's been a lot of travel. Yeah, tell us about the Long Branch. So Long Branch was a, a product that me and Matthew McConaughey worked on together. Oh, you and Matt, yeah. yeah. All right, all right, all right. Sorry, it's going to happen all show, Eddie. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, it's right. better than the turkey, the gobble-gobble. <laughs> That's right. But it's, it's a product we were looking something a little different, something that he would like, something to sort of meet a different need. You know, wild turkey's a big, bold whiskey, and we were looking for something a little softer and smoother for new consumers, just different type people that... That's a little bit about what I've been about a wild turkey is, you know, my dad and Booker and all those guys, they really had one product that they wanted. For me, I'm trying to take one recipe and one yeast and make as many different styles as I can with wild turkey. So when you say what, so you say with Matthew, so do you sit down with him and he kind of says, this is what I like in a whiskey or how act, how involved is he in the process of developing the whiskey? So the taste end of it. So it took, took about two years to do. It was one of the hardest things I've done because it's always just been me or my dad, Jimmy. Working and now on you've things. got these, these bloody celebrities involved. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but, you know, wanting to figure out how to tie Texas in with Kentucky. Matthew's mom and dad met at the University of Kentucky, so he has ties there, but he grew up in Texas. So wound up using some mesquite charcoal uh, to affect the flavor a little bit. Not a whole lot. I wanted to make sure it stayed a straight bourbon whiskey. So I worked closely with the TTB to make sure. But now tell now <clears throat> just to cut in. So just for people out there, ex explain what that means when you want it. You want it. It has to, to maintain that designation. What has to happen? So to be a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey or a straight bourbon whiskey, uh, you can't add or take away, but very little. And that's the part I wanted to make sure. There's always been charcoal filtering in our business, but uh, wanted to make sure I didn't go too far. Okay. You know, to where it would reach the limits that I couldn't call it a straight bourbon whiskey. Yeah. So what I was looking for, I used uh, American oak charcoal, and then I used mesquite charcoal. Uh, it's 86 proof whiskey, uh, really light and fruity and, and citrusy with just hints of smoke on the back end of it. So like I said, it's it's for a different consumer. Jimmy it's kind Russell, of an, it's an intro. It's an yeah. intro whiskey. Okay, I got Jimmy you. Jimmy yeah. Russell's not going to be drinking too much of no. it, but that's Would okay. Would he say it tastes like water? Is it too weak for him? No, <laughs> not, not, in, not yeah. in alcohol content, but in flavor. It's just a different flavor compared to what he wants. Yeah. You know, he wants the spiciness, the boldness, the creaminess of it, where this is a little fruitier, citrusy. Jimmy's it, been doing this, 80, Jimmy's 84 years yeah. old, right? So he's probably set in his ways in oh, terms yeah. of what he wants to drink. Well, that, right? whole, that whole generation was. I mean, him and Booker No and Elmer and all those guys, they were very set. They had one product and basically... 
mean, Booker was famous for saying, here's my Jim Beam. If you don't like it, send it back. I'll hmm. drink it. Yeah. You know. Do you think that we have just more delicate palates now, the, the newer generation? Because if you think about it, um, we smoke less. Uh, there's certain things that keep our taste buds more uh, acute, maybe, whereas the yeah. older generations have duller taste buds. Could that have something to do with it and things like that? Uh, a little bit. I mean, it's just a new consumer. I mean, for my first 25 years, it was a 50 and older gentleman drinking bourbon where mm -hmm. the, the cocktail scene has brought all the young men and women in, and that's what's growing our industry. So they definitely have different styles. I grew up in Kentucky, and my mother was a good old Southern cook, and most everything had a little sweetness to it. Where my son grew up going out to eat at Indian restaurants and Mexican restaurants. So their taste profile is definitely different. You know, yeah. the, the bitter end is something that wasn't big for us in my generation. But for their generation, it definitely is. So that's an opportunity for you guys to think about pairing the whiskey with more vibrant flavors, like you just mentioned, Indian food and things like that. Exactly. Is that possible? Yeah. Well, and what is this delicious cocktail in front of me then? Yeah, we, we all, we've all got these in front of us. And uh, you are, uh, tell, the drink is called the Boulevardier. Right. It's, a, uh, it's a variation uh, of the Negroni. Right. Okay, so the Negroni is gin, Campari, and vermouth. This is, we made this one with wild turkey, right? right? And uh, I, I believe the drink is named uh, for a, a magazine, right? And a guy, American writer back in the 20s, went to Paris, started a magazine called Boulevardier. Uh, Gwyn, I think his name was, and uh, and this is the drink. So why why this drink? Eddie specifically requested that we do this. So tell us. Yeah, about it's your just you know when they came back with the classic cocktails, the Manhattans and the old fashions and stuff. The old fashions a little sweet for my taste buds, and Manhattans are fantastic. But there's so much of variance when you go to different bars to get them. Uh, and then we were actually doing Negroni Week few years ago and they started talking about the boulevardier and i just i loved it yeah i mean i think the campari and the vermouth just sort of blend in so well with the big bourbon taste so negronis are really hot right now right so if you're out there and you drink negronis i could i for me personally and i'd love to get your opinion i feel like this is just a little bit of a, a huskier sort of a, a richer kind of feels like a more of a, a a fall type of drink than the negroni just yeah. a little bit more oomph to it yeah and i think you know this generation's looking for a little more of that a little more taste a little more flavor you yeah. know so i think it goes really well what do you drink it what do you drink at home like if you're just at the end of the day you've had a long day you want to sit back well, you... I, I love the russell's 10 year old that's my sipping whiskey okay. i mean i came out with that for my father's 45th anniversary and uh it was really my style compared to his but he loved it too uh that was his retirement thing, right? He that still hasn't a, done it yet. Yeah, his retirement. He keeps, he's, he keeps trying to get him into retirement. He ain't, he ain't going there. It's one of the best days <laughs> of my life because <laughs> my dad, he's, he's been really great to work with, but pretty hard on me. And then when they told me they was having this party, they said, we want you to do two things because Jimmy would never let him put his name on the bottle. It was all about wild turkey for him and still is. Sure. But they said, uh, we want to come out with the whiskey and we're going to put Russell's Reserve on it. And the first one said wild turkey bourbon, Russell's Reserve 10-year-old on it. And the other thing, they wanted me to say a few words for his retirement. Sure. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was wonderful. There was about 300 people there. Jim Murray was there. The governor was there. Everybody was there. And 
they called Jimmy up front, and he was just thinking it was party for his 45th anniversary. And when they gave him that Rolex watch, he sort of, you could see the look on his face. Oh, no, they're getting rid of me. <laughs> that was 18 years ago, and he's still working, <laughs> he's still so going. he didn't quite retire. Yeah. But he kept that watch, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we have we have some Russells in front of it. What do we have here? We got the bourbon. So you got the 10-year-old, and then I have a six-and-a-half-year-old rye under the Russells. All right, Emma, jump in there. I want to see because you – you got a hangover, and nothing cures a hangover oh, like I a little don't know if that's the bourbon. The right that's word. the bourbon right there. I just stayed up late. <laughs> All right, I danced a lot. No, oh, no, not the Boulevardier. We want you to go straight whiskey now. Oh Christ! So that's the bourbon. This is the bourbon I'm right not here. I'm eating breakfast. Yet. Okay. And you, I want, I want you to give your tasting notes to Eddie oh. on this. All right, here we well, go. Can I just say, I'm terrible at this always, but straight away, it's it smells like dessert to me. It smells like um, a little chocolatey almost. Um, it's actually really sweet vanillary. I'm sure it's not when I try it. So, you know, being a 10-year-old bourbon, you're going to pick up a lot of that vanilla sort of caramel. Mm. You get some of that burnt sugar. Uh, I, I think we have a little cream. bit of nuttiness in it. On ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever is. poured it on ice cream? Eddie? Sounds like my dad. He likes to put Cereal. Yeah. American honey it's, on his ice cream. It's, it's actually really, yeah, it's got a more dessert taste to it than, than most of the whiskeys I've tried, which yeah. obviously isn't as many as you guys at this table, but it's a lot. Sure. Well, that's um, just sort of my style. like a little creaminess, mouthfeel yeah. with some sweetness, and then I want that spice that Wild Turkey's known for. In the palate. spices at the end yep. are actually going to clip. I think it's going to sort my sinuses out, yep. to be yeah. honest. You want to try the rye now? Here we go. So tell us about the rye, Eddie. This is so rye is the fastest growing American whiskey by far. You know, when I came through, really, there was only three ryes you could find consistently in a store. And Ooh. I think 2009, there was only 89,000 cases sold in the whole world of American ryes. Last year, there was over 750,000 cases. Crazy. So and it's, it's that young generation because it has that sort of earthy tone to it. It's a little bit different. Instead yeah. of the sweetness, you get a little of that black pepper. So the rye is how old? That's six and a half years old. And the... The, the bourbon is ten. Ten. So the six and a, the rye is sharper, but like... Not doesn't smack you in the face, but it definitely wakes you up more than the other one. Yeah, it does. And our rye's a little bit different. We we add a little bit of corn to it to sort of round those edges off. Some of the rye's that are ninety five hundred percent are really sharp right off the bat. Mm. I'm a big fan. of... Rye is delicious. Yeah. Yeah. What do you like to? What do you? What cocktail? You're gonna make one cocktail with that rye. What are you gonna make? So it goes, it goes good in the Boulevardier. A Manhattan is perfect for it. I mean, I think rise in the mixed drink. And that's how I used to drink them all the time. Now, my son, Bruce, who's been on your show, he's a rye guy. He yeah. loves the rye. He's 29. It just fits that, that era of people. And he likes it straight. And he's taught me a lot about it because you know, Jimmy mm-hmm. Russell's drank zero rise outside of Wild Turkey. Oh, no kidding. He's made it his whole life, but he doesn't like to drink it because of that sort of different taste to it, you know. But my son thinks it's the best stuff we make. So we've been tasting single barrels and putting out a few Russell single barrel rise, and it's fantastic. Now, are you finding – how much how much Russell's Reserve do you actually do uh, percentage-wise versus how much of the wild turkey – portfolio well, is Russell's Reserve. 101 still 65% of our sales. That's what okay. built Wild Turkey. Yeah. Uh, Russell's is, is one of those. It's going to be 5% maybe. Rare Breed's going to be 5 to 10%. So we have other other things, but your 101 is still your biggest seller. Okay. And and 
how big? Where's where's Wild Turkey in in the hierarchy of bird? I guess Beam would probably be Beam the biggest. Is, Beam is the biggest. I mean, we're sort of the mid level. Yeah. Acres Mark, us, uh, right? Is sort of in the same type category. Okay. You know, yeah. where Beam's the big guy. Heaven Hill produces quite a few bottles, also. Nice. Yeah. And you guys all. Do you hang out? Is there like a brotherhood of the distillers there in Kentucky? I think, what is it, like 95% of the world's bourbon supply is made within a 60-mile radius, yeah. right, of Bardstown, Kentucky. Exactly. And do you guys all kind of get together sometimes? Always, and just... always have. When I grew up, Booker No and Elmer Teeley and Parker Beam and Jimmy were best friends. Yeah. They hung out together. I mean, I went fishing with those guys, hung around those guys. I've known Freddie No since we were kids. They were best friends, and they – you know, they wanted this industry industry to survive. Yeah. And a lot of distilleries had closed down, so they worked with each other, you know. It's so, a crazy thing to think now, isn't it? That it wasn't that long ago that the industry was really not, you know, I, year, many, many years ago, long before I ever started writing about drinking, uh, I was a newspaper columnist in Arizona, so it's probably about... 18 years ago or something. So a guy named Jim Kikoris, you know, Jim mm-hmm. uh, and, and Booker were coming through Phoenix yeah. doing this thing about the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, right? I didn't know anything. But they said, hey, you know, uh, we'd love for you to meet Booker. So came into the office. Here, he, You know, Booker, big old guy. Like, Booker was, you know, rest in peace, Booker. He came in, and one of the funniest things, he sat down, he was telling me the old stories about how they get together and they drink. Yeah. He says, oh, man, we... He says, we drink so much, you wake up in the morning, you got the bust head. <laughs> and I said, what's the, what's the bust head? He said, as your head hurts so bad, it feels like your brain going to bust out of your head. <laughs> that's, that's definitely that was Booker, Booker yeah. the bust head. But he would tell, and by the way, it was back in the day, like the old days, he says, oh, yeah, he was telling me, so we, we was drinking, and we were over at, uh, what was his, uh, 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 you, may, you said his name, his brother, his cousin, um, Parker Bean. Uh, yeah, yeah. He says we're drinking it. And so he says, "Oh, we got to go get this other bourbon." So we get in the car and we're in the truck and we're driving. And he's this is tells me I had about two bottles away. Yeah. We get in the truck. I said, "So this is the days when you could get in the truck and drive after two." He goes, "Oh yeah, we're going to head out there." Yeah, <laughs> so he said, right. "What are you going to head out there?" I was like, "All right, that makes sense." Um, and speaking of whiskey and uh, and and tales, we mentioned earlier, Emma, that everybody's here, and you just never know who's going to show up. And what, lo and behold, here we are Can at the Red Fish Grill. Who comes walking in the door on this day of all days when we're here with Eddie Russell, a legend of whiskey, a man who knows whiskey better than anyone but me, probably. No, uh, but Avery knows it better than I do. He is a celebrated author. He is one of the premier whiskey authorities in the world. He was on this show before when we went to Kentucky for Bourbon and Beyond. And guess what? He's here right now. We're going to bring him on. Everybody, warm, drinky, fun time. Welcome to Fred Minnick. Yay. Yeah, Fred. How are you, man? What a stunning outfit. Oh, thank you. He's a stylish man. What do you got on there? Look at that. Can you describe this? I'm I'm always wearing an ascot. Well, you know, most of the time anyway. And uh, today I, I decided to change things up a little bit. Uh, did some beach shirt or a Hawaiian shirt. I am. Um, I wanted to match Dan. Yeah, I got and, a Hawaiian and, shirt. And you you, you kind of got a Hawaiian thing going <laughs> yeah. there. We all went a bit. But, Eddie, Eddie's wearing a wild turkey shirt. What? What inspired that? I'm kidding. No. Uh, can you go out without a wild turkey shirt on? It has to be. Is oh, yeah. A, I can go out without one right. I didn't one know if on. there was a, a company requirement or something. And, uh, you know. um, so you guys know each other, obviously. Oh, yeah. Fred, no, Fred, uh, Fred lives in time. Kentucky. And uh, so, Fred, I want to ask you. We have Eddie here. 
when you when you if you're if you're doing a Mount Rushmore, okay, yeah. you're doing a Mount Rushmore of distillers. Yeah. Who's on it? Living and dead. Who's on there? You got the four guys. You're gonna make it. Who's on there? Of, of bourbon. Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I would say you, we have to break that up by by centuries. You'd have to have James C. Crow on there. James C. Crow was really kind of our first American distiller who was Scottish, ironically, to um, you know break in you know, new techniques and styles for American whiskey. And he did that in the 1800s. And, of course, they named Old Crow after him. Today, Old Crow is a shit brand, but once upon a time, it was the very best. And okay. You, and you had gov- people running for governor bribing voters with shots of Old Crow in the 1800s in Kentucky. Uh, so I, I, would, I, I always like to point him out because he's, he's extremely important. And then you kind of have a, a little bit of a lull of, of, of people who are uh, of names, who are name-worthy. Um, and then you, I would put... He wasn't a distiller, but he was very, very important for the the bourbon movement, and that was Pappy Van Winkle. Sure, uh, you know, after Prohibition, he starts the Stitzel Weller Distillery. He was one of the last kind of tried and true independent distillers. His family, after he passed away, sold in 1972, and of course, his his name has been brought back to life. But a lot of times, people don't really talk about how important he was to American whiskey. In general, okay. Uh, during during his time, so I would put I would put Pappy on there, and then we get into some other ones like Colonel Jim Beam. Sure. Um, I always like to put Bill Samuels on that. Bill, Bill yeah, that Maker's Mark, yeah, because he was such a salesman and always out there pushing the envelope, uh, and he carried bourbon with him in a time when bourbon was not doing that well. So he's like, you know, he's in that conversation. Booker knows in that conversation, but without a doubt, in my opinion, Jimmy Russell from Wild Turkey sure. is is on that on that Mount Rushmore. It's not even a debate. So we got to find a big mountain then, because you've mm-hmm. got like nine people on this Mount well, Rushmore. Well, we, yeah. we've got how many people? <laughs> were there five presidents on Mount Rushmore? Four, I think. Four four can anybody four? name? A, can anybody name the? It's got to be. I'm trying to. I am that. not going to. I think this one. Jefferson's on there, right? Washington, Lincoln. I, I love this. None of you None know. of us know. <laughs> is there Roosevelt saying. on there? Theodore Who? Roosevelt's on there, isn't he? Is he? I think he is. Maybe. Don't look at me. <laughs> and I'm me. thinking, now, what, who was it? I'm thinking about Superman here. It's the only way I would know. Yeah, didn't he live there? Or Team America lived there. Team America. <laughs> oh, my God. That's they going lived, back. Remember the mouth would open yeah. up and they'd come out? <laughs> um, so a lot of people on this Mount Rushmore. Uh, well, I would say there's a lot that are up for debate. Okay. You know, for me, they're... There, the, if I were, to, if you were really depressed me, I would say James C. Crow, Pappy Van Winkle, Bill Samuels, and and Jimmy Russell, and Booker. No, okay. So <laughs> what about we, Eddie, you can't, you can't put Eddie on there. Come oh, on, no, I'm too Ed, young. Eddie, well, so it, I, this is the thing about Eddie. Like he has. He thought his name was No for so long because Jimmy kept telling them No to stuff. <laughs> I, I, and, that's true. And and that, that that's a story he he tells a lot. But the fact is is <laughs> is that he's done more for Wild Turkey. Uh, you know, maybe like right now, I would say that you're probably coming up on that time where you're you're probably doing more for like changing the direction of Wild Turkey than your dad did. Your dad kind of. <gasps> Kept the kept the same steady, thing going. Fred, steady, <laughs> <laughs> This is a tense moment here on the show. Hold on. 
don't have to worry. Yeah. Jimmy doesn't know what a podcast <laughs> is. <We're good. laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Jimmy kept the same ship. Yeah. I mean, like he didn't change a thing. Anything, yeah. And he would he he would fight off the accountants for the barrel entry proof and, and all that. But you've come in and you, you you're you're not changing the ship. You're using the same ship. You're just going different routes to, exactly. to get different stuff. In the the latest um, uh, Master's Keep that you have out, the one that's uh, finished in uh, Sherry. So this is it. When we're, you're talking about an expression of Walter yeah. Master's Keep expression. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? So I did a product called Diamond for my father's 60th anniversary. 16 and 13. The second, was this the second <clears throat> retirement you were trying to get out of here? Yeah. You trying to retire him again? <laughs> yeah, that's, so I was trying to, yeah. <laughs> Didn't work this time yeah, either. still hasn't worked. Uh, but it made me think about my dad used to do what we call limited time offerings back in the day. We had one called American Spirit, which is only bottled and bond. We really did. Tradition. Some of them were around his anniversaries. So I decided I wanted to do that. But I, I'll never change what Jimmy built Wild Turkey to be with 101. Like I said, I'm always looking to get more consumers in to have different tastes. So the Master's Keep, uh, I started it with some of the most unique whiskey we'll ever have. It's the only whiskey that was ever aged in brick warehouses for us. It was down at the Old Crow Distillery. I run out. So what, what does that do? <coughs> what, what, what's the difference between aging it in a brick where, warehouse versus? Ours are just metal clad, so we have huge temperature changes. Where okay. a, a brick warehouse is a little damper, it's a little cooler, so it takes a little longer for it to age. So 17-year-old was the oldest whiskey we'd ever put out in the U.S. And Jimmy, if you ever talk to my dad, he's 12 or 13 years old. That's as old as he likes it. Okay. And then I came out with one called Decades, which 86% of was 13, 14, and 15-year-old, but had a little 20 in it and a little 10. So good. Yeah. yeah. So good. It's what bourbon to me should taste like. Well, yeah. yeah. And, and then you get the 2002 out now that just came out, the Russell's Reserve. Yep. And that that's... Is that 15 years? Was that how? Yeah, it's not years. all of it 16, so we have to call it 15-year-old. It was it was barreled in 2002. Yeah. Uh, so it's a it's the next step after 1998, which was the first Russell's LTO we ever did. It's 2,070 yeah. bottles for the 98. Got 3,640 bottles for the 2002. And the Russell's was sort of mine that I am happy to play with. We're 101 and... What Jimmy's built rare breed, I would never change. But the Russell's line is a little more mine where I can do single barrels and I can do LTOs, I can do rise, I can do things like that. So the 2002 is the follow-up. In the 1998, a lot of people think it's some of the best whiskey we've ever sure. put out. Yeah. So yeah. coming back after that, it's like, uh-oh, I should not have been so good the first time because the second time is going to be harder. But Really getting into things that I like to do, non-chill filtered barrel proofs, which are really what people are looking for also. Yeah. Now, you know, my dad I mean, wasn't into that. but Chill, I, chill filtered. So er, nowadays, most everybody do what they call chill filtering. So you cool it down and make your fatty acids and some proteins and some esters gather together and you filter them out. Uh, and that way you don't have what we call It's flogging. really kind of cosmetic, yeah. It I mean, is. It's very put, when you put ice, So when you put ice in the glass with these, which I think and you think obviously adds character to it, but some, when you put ice in that, if you did, it, it makes the whiskey cloudy. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So it was really kind of a cosmetic it pr- definitely procedure. Is. Yeah, why they and do And overseas it. was what really started that. So most anything I do, I try to do non-chill filters. So you're basically just taking it out of the barrel, getting the charcoal out and putting it in the bottle. So it's very natural and rich. 
I love the mouthfeel, and that's part of it you're taking out a little bit with the chill filtering. So, And then barrel proofs. Get a little bit more of that oily feel, I think. Yeah, you definitely yeah. do. And uh, which I, when I, I, I tried the tooth, I wrote about 2002 for Rob Report, and I loved it. I, 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 and I had the 98, and I got to say, I, the 2002 might, might have even eclipsed that. I think. And it's I, we, so close. were you, were you, were, were you were, do you get? Is there any moment where you're kind of worried when you're like, oh, what if I? What if I didn't do good with this one? You know, what, oh, if I, what, if, what if I didn't hit it out of the park? Like you I did know, I think about things like that. I want people to like it. It's not coming out unless I really like it. Where my dad really didn't ever care what I thought <laughs> for a long time. You I, too? My yeah, guy. <laughs> I love getting my son Bruce. He's 29. He's great for our industry. But he's in the mix of what's growing our industry, that cocktail scene. So I love to let him taste it. Even the revival, I finished in a little so sherry cask. I brought him in and says, you know, taste this and give me your opinion. And when he loves it, I think, you know, I'm in good shape. You yeah. know? And he, he mentioned that he thought the 2002 was better than 98. And I said, don't go out and say that. It's, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, now, a little bit, we'll go back quickly to McConaughey because we're talking about reaching a wider audience. How did that partnership come about? Did he approach you guys? Or? So our company, Campari, reached out to him just to see. And the first time he came to our store, I guess it's been five or six years ago now, he came in and sat down. And my son makes fun of me because when he came in, I was in the restroom and come out. And he done met my dad and my son and everybody. And I walked in and shook hands. And he said, Matthew. And I said, Eddie. He went, McConaughey. I said, Russell. <laughs> And my son makes fun of me. He said, Dad, that was embarrassing. You should know who Matthew is. I said, I did. He didn't have to tell me his last name. (laughs) But he came in and he sat down. And at that time, he had two kids. And he told me, he says, I'm not sure I want to do this. He said, I love bourbon. 101 was one of the first bourbons I ever drank. Uh, But I'm not sure I want to do this. But he spent a day with me and my father and son. And if you come to Wild Turkey Distillery, it's it's just family like everywhere. Our union employees. Emma, are you in? I want to Should we do this? What We're going to do it. Let's go. What did you eat with him that day? Oh, uh, we had chicken and some shrimp and stuff like that. Oh, I thought. That sounds nice. Look at Emma. She's so excited right <laughs> now. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Look at her. She's beaming over there yeah. now. She got hangover. What hangover? I want to Tell me out. more about Drink Matthew McConaughey. Chicken. Yeah. And shrimp. So this partnership has been fruitful for you guys now. I, 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 I got to say, the commercials are all over the place, and I think he does add this level of coolness to it. I think well, that, you know. Well, I think he fits us perfect. You know, he sort of did his own thing. He didn't, you know, go the route that a lot of people went, and I think that's what Jimmy Russell did, but not ever changing anything. And I think it's a good fit. Like I said, he does love bourbon. He's been really good. Uh, did a couple commercials for us and was supposed to do another one, but I think we've decided to not really do TV commercials, do more social media type stuff. Sure. So we've been doing some stuff that's out on YouTube. We have a new one with Long Branch, but we've got a six-minute video where he visits the Steary one of the first times. So it's a little more social media stuff instead of spending the money on TV. Gotcha. I think that's really smart because I think people feel like they're more a part of the situation. It feels more real, doesn't Social media feels like you're there. Commercials are obviously staged and there's a script well, you, maybe. You look at my two boys, neither one of them on the TV. 
well, you know, they watch, they watch the podcasts. Yeah. And, you know, no, no, they, they, they listen to they podcasts. They watch them. <laughs> listen to podcasts. All right. So no, trust me, my mom always says that. She goes, where do I watch your podcast? I'm like, yeah. you don't watch it, you listen to it. I don't know about you, Dan, but I have a cupboard at home stuffed to the ceiling full of different vitamins. I mean, every kind of thing. You know, you go into the supermarket, grocery store, as you'd say, and there's so many options. And so you buy and and then maybe you forget to take some of them or you can't possibly take them all at once. Or, and I did do this, you do take them all at once and then you don't need to eat breakfast or lunch because you're that full on vitamins. I've never had vitamins. I've had vitamins. (laughs) But, uh... You know, honestly, I I used to have that same problem. I had a bunch of vitamins, and of course, when you drink for a living, it's important to take your vitamins. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, But then I discovered care of. Threw those bottles out. (laughs) Threw them all out. Care of makes it easy to get your vitamins slash vitamins. Uh, they, they got a quiz. You go onto the website. It's, it's care slash of. And you go onto the website, and they've got a quiz, and they ask you a bunch of questions about your diet, your health goals, your lifestyle choices, which in my particular case revealed that I've made some bad lifestyle choices. And then they say, well, these are the, the vitamins, vitamins that you're going to take and the supplements to sort of bring you back from the abyss of, of poor health that I clearly dwell in. And that's what it did. And, and I did the quiz and it went, here's the five vitamins that you have to take. Okay. So what Dan's talking about is, you know, you, you download for free the Care Of app and they have this great quiz. It takes no time. It's like three minutes. But what's interesting is that they take you from that situation where you've got a cupboard full of vitamins and they whittle it down to the bare essentials that you need and actually introduce you to some vitamins you may never have heard of and then it all arrives in this beautiful box and then each day you have a small sachet and inside there oh everybody's out there going what is she talking about this what's the sachet so what them is trying to say is the vitamins come in a little bag a little, little plastic thing and you go you rip it open and there's your five vitamins and you dump them in your hand and and then you take them. If you're also going on holiday, or like we just went to New Orleans for five days, you just take five take with sachets with you. Yeah. And then they're done. They're counted. I mean, I had more than five. I had like six. But the great thing about this, and this is why we're, we're telling you, is that you don't need all the stuff you think you need because Care Of have done their research. These are real professionals behind it, and they also want your feedback. They want to know how you feel after you've taken them. They track your progress. They'll change the vitamins to suit your needs. Uh, you know, if the probiotic they send you, if if so needed, isn't quite right, they'll send you a different variety. Uh, it's it's really the future. And if you're vegan or vegetarian, they've got those options for you. Uh, and 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 best of all. Best of all, a portion of every sale goes toward the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with valuable vitamins. And if you go on there, you see Jerry Seinfeld's involved with that. Says Sarah Jessica Parker. This is like a, this is a hip charity to be involved with. And then there's us. Um, and yeah, so you get on there, you go, you order. It costs, mine's not even that expensive. I think it's a couple bucks a month. I get my vitamins, they show up. Next month, they send you a whole new crop of vitamins. And also, I quite like that each sachet, I'm going to keep saying that word, ha- says, hello, Emma, on the front. And then it'll <laughs> give me a fun fact each day. 
Yeah. Each day. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Did it you, makes taking vitamins fun. This is the God's honest truth. The one who took today said people with blue eyes have a high tolerance for alcohol. Guess what color my eyes are? You have blue eyes. Yeah. That See, there it is. So, okay, what are you getting here? Getting vitamins. You're getting vitamins at an affordable price. You are helping the Good Plus Foundation. You're learning something every day that you look at your sachet including maybe one day they'll say on there what a sachet is. Yeah. <laughs> and best of all, you're saving money. And you're saving money. And, you know, speaking of saving money, you want to get 25% off your first month of personalized care slash of vitamins. Visit TakeCareOf.com and enter promo code, code, cold. You want to have a cold if you take these videos. <laughs> promo code Drinky. That's D-R-I-N-K-Y. It's a made-up word. We made it up, but I guarantee you it's going to make up 25% of savings for you at Care of. Care of Vitamins, that place. Thank you for listening, and we're going to go off and open a sachet of vitamins. Now, so, Fred, do you have a favorite in the entire wild turkey portfolio? Do you have? Oh, I if do. If you can only you get I one do. bottle. You're being exiled, and I might exile you, actually, after this. <laughs> yeah. You're being exiled to an island, and you get take one bottle with you. What are you taking? So there was, um, in the 70s, I used to do this octagon bottle. Um, I, I think it was, if I recall, it was 8-year-old, 101. Was it 101? Yeah. It was 8-year-old. Uh, this wild turkey in the 1970s. I, I know there was nothing different, but that was that. I've loved a lot of wild turkey products, but that. I am a, I'm somebody who goes out and I seek old whiskey, and I've had every generation of wild turkey. And the stuff in the 1970s, there was just something special going on in those bottles. They were so complex. In fact, I've got a list, you know, a top 10 list of all-time best bourbons and, you know, the wild turkey octagon 1970s bottles on there. Speaking of bourbon, you uh, can we can you talk about your new uh, venture yeah. you got going? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're you're launching your own magazine. Yeah, I'm starting a new magazine. It's Look called. Me, I'm uh, acting like I don't know about it. I already, bourbon I already wrote a piece yeah. for him, but yeah, but I'm like, oh, tell us about it. Well, yeah. you, you know, Dan, you're actually a very important part of it. Thank you. Um, I'm happy to be you, part of it. You yeah. have such a a wonderful voice, and you. we're we're you're you're our bar columnist, and yeah. you're you're going to bars, and it's like. People are sitting at the bar with you, and, and you're talking about the, what it feels like there. And we're gonna, we're gonna we did it. Cool we did place. it for the first issue. I did a piece about the Daily Pint, yeah, our own Daily Pint over there in Santa Monica, California. Uh, crazy. So when, you know, when Fred first came to me about, it, he said, you know, do a whiskey bar. And most people go, oh, seven grand, right? That right. I mean, that kind of be the first place you think in L.A. for whiskey. The Daily Pint, little dive bar, right, producer Bo? We said that. Has one of the best whiskey selections in the country. Like yeah. they just have so like they're walls now. They they used to not have that, but now they they've got these like eighteen wheeler size walls with just shelves and shelves of whiskey. And so if you're ever in L.A., go to the Daily Pint. So what does this mean for us, Dan? You're gonna be traveling around the country then? Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. hope I hope Bourbon Plus can you know tap into uh, his his immaculate travel budget. 
Yes. And, uh, <laughs> right. And, and I do. Huge money in the we're, magazine we're, business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when is it coming out? Uh, late, late September. We're launching at uh, Bourbon and Beyond. Um, oh, man. But we we'll, got to get there. And is this an actual magazine or is this going to yeah, be an online? Yeah. Bourbon Plus will be a high-end luxury magazine. In so, print. In print. Wow. And we also have a very strong uh, video component. So there will be some like film. Connecting uh, the dots between Emma, each get Emma uh, on there. She's episode. very she's very photogenic in the video. Mm. Get her on there. You can get on there. And talk about whiskey. Oh, I can. You, I can you know, I've, I've observed whiskey. your tasting notes. You know, poured on ice cream. Yeah. That's that's well. I, if you had <laughs> yeah. noticed them, I like food. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wild turkey, delicious. Yeah, delicious bourbon. Eddie Russell, legend. Hasn't quite made it onto the Mount Rushmore. Fred's Mount Rushmore well, in fairness, has 17 it, people on it. Yeah. Everybody's on it, but Eddie, apparently. Can we remind the listeners? Mila Kunis is even on his no. damn Mount Rushmore, but Eddie Russell didn't make it. Um, Dan, can we remind the listeners of what we've just sampled today? Well, the Boulevardier. Which is the cocktail. Which is, we made this, they just made this with wild turkey, Campari, oh, yep. and vermouth. Okay. Exactly. And uh, we also had the Russell's Reserve rye. Do you know what, what's that cost? Do you know how much a bottle of the rye is? Maybe 50? 40, 50? 46? 36. 36 bucks. Yeah. Can't beat it. Six and a half years old, and then you got the 10 year old. About the same price for a 10 year old bourbon. That's amazing to get 10 year old bourbon under 40 bucks. So. And make will be delicious on ice cream. It'll be delicious, delicious on, on ice and, cream. And I'm just curious. So your 2002 uh-huh. Pride and Joy, that's really, really delicious. How much is that? 250. 250. 250 yeah. smackaroos. So that's definitely, you know, it's only 3,640 bottles. That's all there is. Once right. it's gone, it's gone. So you should charge a, more, to be honest. It's amazing to see what people pay for whiskey. I'm sort of like Lucy in the insurance commercial. It all should be a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's just supply and demand. These people are just hunting things like this. And even the old whiskeys, you know, they're paying a fortune for these things. Yeah. So it's amazing to see what's going on. How yeah. do you decide how much you're going to make? So obviously you were hesitant. You didn't know if it was going to be nice. You wouldn't have put it out if you didn't like it. Yeah, so the Russells, I keep it really low because Russells is a very small batch. If I'm dumping 101 wild turkey, I'm dumping about 1,500 barrels together. Russell's, I'm dumping 150. So you have to really hand select those barrels. So, so break that down for us a little bit quickly. So when you're saying you have to, you're, in your head, okay, this barrel is going to taste different. How does that all come together in your head? So you, if you taste this thing, do you go, all right, now I know I need something else. To, how does that work? Is it just so come naturally to you? I have, yeah, it's, it's just experience and practice. And, and that's the art of bourbon is taking those barrels and mingling them together, as my dad would say, because he would never say the word blend, but you're blending mingling. barrels. Mingling. Yeah. It's very southern gentleman. They're yeah. having yes. a little social time. Let's that's mingle right. these together. <laughs> that's right. yeah. But, you know, it, that's the art of it. It's figuring out how to take one recipe, one yeast. All the whiskey tastes the same when it goes in the barrel to make products like 101 and Russell's and Rare Breed, and those taste different. So like the 2002, you know, I had a few barrels, and it was just basically getting samples out of those barrels and blending them together to see which ones fit. You know, I'm going to taste it, and I'm like, if I wanted a little more spice or a little more boldness, you might go a little higher in the warehouse to get those. If I wanted a little more mellow, maybe you're going 
you know, more to those. So when you say you go higher in the warehouse, you're talking about actual where the barrels are. Yeah, so my warehouses are seven stories. So every story sort of gives you different flavors. The tops are going to be bigger and bolder and spicier. Because of the heat up there. Because of the heat. The middle's going to be the more creamy vanillas, caramels. The bottoms are going to be more the earthy, floral, you know, softer. Uh, So you just use that experience, you know. Sure. Speaking of barrel storage, I think we should all... Very sad moment here. Uh, didn't a uh, didn't a barrel house just collapse? In yeah. The, let's oh raise a glass God. to all that whiskey that was lost. That a lot yeah. of whiskey went oh. down there. Oh my! Eighteen thousand barrels. Eighteen. Oh, I just threw up in my mouth. Eighteen thousand barrels of whiskey gone. None of yours. Who was it? Who what was the Barton? No. Barton. Seventeen ninety two Barton. Oh my God! What a sad. Where sad do you sad. start after something like that? Like, where do you begin? Uh, clean it up. <laughs> yeah. Because, well, half of it fell. Yeah. Okay. And was, and was it just when it was old? Is that what it was? Or? Yeah, the warehouse was built in the 50s, I think. And that's when most of the warehouses in Kentucky, up until the last 10 years, everything was built in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. <gasps> and then it just sort of stopped. Yeah. So it was 9,000 whiskey barrels crushed to the ground. The first The first, yeah. first time. And then the it, second half went down, yeah, too, it right? Cl- it collapsed and, entirely. Uh, oh, how devastating. That is awful. It looks like half the building actually went. Yeah, well, the yeah, other side it fell after a week or so, though. Yeah. So the oh, other whole side's thing's gone. gone. Did yeah. they have time to empty the other side? No, they didn't. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> no. no, no. It's all gone. Poor thing. Oh, man. Uh, well, you know, fortunately, there's plenty of wild turkey out there. There's plenty of Russell's Reserve out there. Um, try it. If you have never tried Russell's Reserve, you got to. If you got 250 laying around, try to find yourself a bottle of that 2002. I swear you will not regret it. It's delicious. But then if you want to go down the other end, you got the long the, the, the long branch is how much? The long branch is a eight-year-old bourbon, and it's going to be around 39 bucks. $39. Yep. Um, also, if you want to read, if you want to read about, you want to learn a little bit about whiskey, Fred, plug your book. Uh, well, I've got... You've got uh, several books. Yeah, I've got, I've got several books. I've got uh, one called uh, Whiskey Women, The Untold Story of How Women Save Bourbon, Scotch, and Irish Whiskey. I've got uh, Bourbon Curious, uh, which is kind of like a tasting guide. And then I have uh, uh, Bourbon, The Rise, Fall, and Rebirth of an American Whiskey. And that one uh, really digs into the history of, of bourbon, like real history versus like the, uh, uh, the BS that a lot of them like okay. the spread and uh and so yeah those are those all, are all available books. on the amazon go yep. there and mm-hmm. by the way before we go big moment for us we made hats we made hats very nice hats. <laughs> and we're gonna gift our very first hat our very first drinky fun time hat is going to eddie over here look nice. at this wow. here it is this is a moment big nice. moment yeah. fred do you wear hats Heck yeah, wear hats. And let's get a hat for Fred. Pick one out there, whatever one you want. We got the blue, we got the black. I like this. You like that, Fred? Fred and and, and Eddie Russell have the very first Drinky Fun Time hats. Uh, You can go to our Instagram, at Drinky Fun Time, because we're going to take a picture of them wearing the hats. It's going to be very exciting. Um, I want to thank Eddie Russell. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. I also want to thank our old friend, and I do mean old, Fred (laughs) Minnick. Yeah. Yay. Thanks for coming Always back. a pleasure. Thanks to the Always folks here at the Redfish Grill for having us out. And Tales of the Cocktail, of course. Producer Bo. Yay. Just making it sound good. He just, look yeah. at him. He's just sitting over there making it sound good. And, of course, the one and only dancing queen of New Orleans, Emma Patterson. <laughs> Thanks, uh, ch- Again, check us out at Drinky Fun Time on all that social media. 
we're going to be uh, coming back. We're going to do a few shows from here. We're going to do a couple. So the next couple episodes are going to be Tales of the Cocktail. And don't you feel better? And also our friends, the Velveteens, taking us out. When it goes-